Special note before this episode, it seems while I was recording my interview, my mic and uh, system here seemed to pick up conversation from a CB radio or whatnot. And uh, fortunately, I can't get rid of it. And uh, so I apologize for that distraction. I tried to minimize it as much as I could. But uh, unfortunately, it's going to be in some parts of today's podcast. But hopefully, the content uh, with today's guest will more than make up for it. It's May 3rd, 2010, and this is The Candid Frame. Welcome to another episode of The Candid Frame. Today's guests are the first father and son team that I've interviewed on the show. Mosha Braca's collaboration with the Sonetti is a relatively recent team-up for Mosha, who has been producing exceptional commercial and fine art work for decades. Together, they produce fascinating concepts with both photography and film. Now, collaboration is nothing new in photography, but one between a parent and child is a rare thing, and I thought that the conversation might provide an interesting discussion whether you work as an individual or part of a team. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Moshe and Eddie Brock. Well, Moshe and Eddie, welcome to The Candid Frame. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. It's actually a first for me. Uh, I've never had a, a father and son team on the show, so I'm really interested to hear from both of your perspectives of what it means to be a photographer. But let's start with Moshe. Um, you started as a photographer in the 70s, largely documenting the music scene here in L.A., particularly the punk and the new wave scene. Was the Were you following the music scene out of a personal passion for the music and then you just so happened to be photographing it? Or did you sort of think about that as part and parcel of what you were doing as a photographer at the time? Uh, no, I was, a, I was a photographer. It was one thing and passion it was one thing and then essentially a mix, you know, because the passion took over. So while I was doing commercial album covers, I was really doing a lot of punk scene, you know, a lot of photos of punks, which is was passion. And I probably the passion took over, you know. And I rolled with it for uh, for a while. And how did that end up influencing your commercial and your advertising work? Seems seems since there seems to be at first sort of a uh, a line drawn between the two. When did they start converging in terms of was, how you approached? It was always, you know, it's like the reality of it. Life influences you. You, you, you. If you like punk, you become punk, and uh, you eat punk, you sleep punk, and you complete punk. You know, yeah, yeah it's I, impossible to to separate it. Essentially, if you are in a movement, you're in a movement. And you you move along. So all your friends or everybody. It's come from for what you you end up the night, you know, the next day you friend. Same thing with the girls, with the groupies, with the essentially your life. Uh, and for you, Eddie, you came um, to photography. I, I know that you studied um, filmmaking, um, but was photography always a part of your life as a result of your dad's work, or did that come later? I would say, you know, I got into it. Um, once we formed Brocket Times 2, the photography aspect of it, um, 
studying film at, at USC, I think I was more about the storytelling aspect of it. And, um, you know, growing up on sets, you know, having the, you know, the opportunity to always be a part of that, you know, that being a part of my life. Um, it was something that I always appreciated. Um, but again, it wasn't so much that I was in love with the medium of photography. I was just in love with the story, the characters. I think what Moshe, you know, what he was just talking about, about, you know, and you had just asked when he did, how did he cross over from advertising, you know, from the punk to advertising, the beauty of it, I don't think he really ever separated the two. I think he always really stayed true to, you know, the story or the characters he wanted to share. And, you know, it didn't matter if he was doing an ad for, for Tide or if he was doing a, 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 a record album. I mean, at the end of the day, he had his characters that he wanted to tell and, and to talk about, and, and he did it regardless of what it was. And so for me, I took my, I took a different path. You know, I, I fell in love with the motion picture and then, um, starting up with, uh, silent pictures or, you know, our new collaboration, uh, between me and my father, I, we found that we, we, we created almost a new medium where, you know, we tell the story, we tell this, this motion picture story within, within one image and the one image is a whole movie. So it was a perfect transition. It was, a, it was just a, perfect evolution the i think your first project was the silent pictures that you you mentioned how did the idea come up for you two to sit down and work with each other on this shall i answer well, but, but let me tell you before that you know eddie grew up with me grew up with me making ideas from little kids ever i remember you know and remember we also we used to the night we had another friend jeff weiss which is uh major league in New York in advertising that was part of us going up for the punk scene. Uh, Eddie, we, we, when Eddie started to involve me in the beginning and started to travel with me and doing TV and writing TVs, because Eddie's a writer, start with me. And Eddie used to write and together we, we direct commercials. And I get to a point and I say to Eddie, I'm done being a hooker, you know. That's our line, really, you know. And which is, I, wa I wanted to create a project. And it started really, to be honest, I, I, it started with the poetry, because I always used to say to Eddie, poetry is dead. The whole idea of poetry, unless you bring it up with the visuals, those beautiful poetry, the books, are not, it's, not, it's not enough move to it, you know, it's like dead. And Eddie started to write. When Eddie started to write, it's before even in front of my eyes, boom, Baka 2, you know, Baka Time 2 got created. And so we created this silent picture movement, you know. But I, I mean, I wasn't writing, I wasn't writing poetry as much as I was just writing, statements. you know, we were writing these, these, this dialogue, um, these, these, these statements, these, <clears throat> these representations of, of people, of, 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 of life today, of the style, of, of the language, of the character that we all, you know, run around and see in Hollywood or, you know, and it transcends into the whole world. But um, for me, Silent Pictures was about creating this, this movement. Um, you know, I, I hear my father talk growing up about, you know, less than he, no less than he just described to you about, you know, when he was a part of the punk movement, he felt it as a movement. And that's something that, you know, always kind of got to him. Um, I think, you know, music or whatever it is, it always it's spoke to him. It's a music movement that all of a sudden we create our own. And one time I was following a movement in music that it wasn't me. I was proud of it. 
Now I became my own, like just no less than the musician, create our own movement, you know, except we're photography artists. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, the beauty of it is it, we're really creating, with this new body of work, a new culture, um, a new movement, something that is reflective of something that is so 2010 and, and the future, you know, talking about today, tomorrow, but never yesterday. Um, and that's what I really think, you know, coming to the commercial side of it, you know, learning all you can from that and then just basically coming across and saying, you know what, let me create my own movie. Let me create my own movement. It's something that, you know, you get, you get, it's really special. Let's, let's talk about one of the images that you have that has the dolls of the bride and groom and over the title it says, Pain is the Child of Love and you have some little army men surrounding the base of it and a baby bottle. Uh, tell me about how this particular image came about. What were what were their discussions? Did one of you sort of have the idea for it? How you know what was the back and forth in terms of concept to final production of the image? I'll explain to you the, the, the general process, and I'll get into the specifics. First, um, I like as I said, I like to think of every piece as a character study. Um, so, with that said, you know, painted the child of love is reflective of a character or a specific emotion that uh, either me or Moshe come across. Uh, in this particular instance, it was something that I had experienced. Um, you know, everyone goes through it, this kind of this love, this heartbreak, and, uh, and I, I brought this idea to the table, and then, you know, Moshe internalizes into another way, and he sees it from his own life. Um, but generally, you, just, you, you come to the table with this idea of saying, you know, I want to approach the idea of pain and love. Um, then you formulate the quote, you formulate the dialogue, you formulate the message that you really want to, you know, get it across concrete, and that is pain as a child of love. It, and it's funny because until you actually come up with those, the, the crystallization of the words, I mean, it eats away at you. It's like you really just sit there and you have your, you have your rock and roll moment where you're just in the pits of hell for a second trying to figure out because it, it really weighs on your soul. I mean, each piece is like a logo for the soul. Um, so we come up with that concept, and then we really, we really, um, to get the visualization of it, we really uh, look at everything as, you know, what, what are the tools of life of that person? What makes, you know, what is the cleanest, clearest, and I would say most sophisticated representation of who and, and what we're trying to get across? Um, with the idea of pain, and child of, pain as a child of love, you know, the idea of this, this this rainbow, and you see in the picture itself, you have the idea of the of the, the the writing written in a rainbow shape of this rainbow above of above warfare, and you know love is warfare. Um, it's something that is uh, you know a constant struggle, constant battle, but there's light at the end of the tunnel, and 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 it's directly directly linked to one another. So you know you may have all your casualties of war, you have all your your guts, your glory, and you have all the, the soldiers that have fallen behind, and, you know, you could be going back and forth, but at the end of the day, you're still standing on the same battlefield together. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's still a rainbow at the end of it. So it's a beautiful thing, but you got to go ahead and go through the trials and tribulations of, of what stands before you. But, but uh, just to add to you, there are always people in your mind. You, you, all of these photos painted on people in your head, you know? We had, in this case, me, I had the person, I had the, the woman, I had everything said in my mind, and it makes it easier to come to a solution, you know, the way you want to do the photo, you know, the way you want to paint it. 
And in terms of actually creating the photograph, was it sort of, how does it work between the two of you? Does one person sort of sketch it out? Do you both sit down at a table and say, uh, let's put this in here, oh, that doesn't work? Um, and just, like, just like Paul McCartney and John Lennon, you know? <laughs> you know, it's just like playing ping pong. He say, I say, he say, I say, each one come with his experience here. Uh, I will come with my experience, Eddie come with his experience, and there the picture come, uh, you know, the logo comes. You know, the idea comes. It's a process of art, and more than that, it's a, it's a process of, of two years that we learn also how to work with each other, you know, to be collaborate, you know, and to agree. You know, like, that's why I always say music, you know, two guys making music, you know. I say go high, and you say go low, but essentially we come up to some mutual thing. Uh, it's an evolution. And essentially evolution, you learn how to respect each other. That's the biggest thing, what's coming down. It's to, to figure out to respect and how to respect his value, you know, and his knowledge. And he said, this knowledge is great. This knowledge, me accept his knowledge as my art as well, you know. And I think that's probably one of the challenges that you face because even though you've been in each other's lives for so long, it's an altogether different matter to sit down and start oh, working to collaborate with each other. You know, it's an art, like we said, you tell them about this, we made a photograph, but it's the line that says, it's an art to steal for art. You know, it's so much like that here. If Eddie says something, it's like, it's an art for me if I accept it. You get it? Success is an art, and his success is my art, you know? So it's, by knowledge, it's the same idea. And how about for you? You get it? Yeah, I get it. And how about for you, Eddie? How was it like working for your father because you were aware all your life in terms of his you know his work and his career but in terms of stepping in and seeing him not just as your father but as a collaborator and a partner that must have been interesting to say the least uh, I, I, Eddie does the work Eddie <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, I gotta tell you that uh, like you said you know, it's, it, it's not work because you get do something that you're so yes. passionate about and you and you just kind of have this love affair with and um you know you you, you come every day and and it's a people you know search their whole lives for being challenged and uh you know i'm lucky enough to be challenged every day and you know i feel like you just you just get this opportunity to keep polishing your your your, your craft and keep becoming better and better and it's amazing because now, both of us do not let us settle for any sort of mediocrity or, you know, we don't ever want to be repetitive. We, you know, my biggest thing, and, and this is something he always tells me that he appreciates, is my knack for telling him if someone even closely resembles to have done this before, I don't even want to touch it. Because that's something to me that is just, you know, I want to leave my own print at the door. I want to go ahead and get bloody a little bit myself and get dirty. So, I mean... That, that's something to me that's, that's so very important. It, it's just having this originality. And I think, you know, uh, Moshe, the one thing that everyone's always associated with him is, is that originality. And I'm coming through and, and I'm bringing a new originality. Put it together, we're going to, you know, it's another galaxy. Yeah, and Moshe, you've been known for what you were doing with, with light. And it was largely born of, of necessity because as I've read you... Uh, as I've read, uh, you say you worked with the Norman Strohs 
primarily because of cost, but then you began working with both strobes in combination with, with tungsten, tungsten light sources because you kind of liked the way it looked. And you seemed to have created a distinct look, largely out of necessity, but also eventually because you began experimenting and trying to make light your own with, with all the work that you were doing. Yeah, I, I barely work with strobe. I work all with, uh, you know, at light, movie light. You know, all this project is all movie light. And what's the appeal of working with that as opposed to working with strobes and all the modifiers that come with it? What's the appeal of working with movie yeah. light rather than right. strobes? Uh, I, I don't even, I, it doesn't matter even. I'll be honest with you, it doesn't matter how you do it. I always believe it. You want to do like that, do it like that. You want to do like that, do it like that. It doesn't matter. I, I, technical, how you do it, as long as you do it, I always believe, you know. I don't care if you shoot it with a point shoot, you know. However you want to do it, do it, you know. long as it's uh, coming from the stomach, some idea, and it's, uh, it's original. Yes, I really don't care. You guys also... Did you have a chance to look at this project? Yeah, I have. Do you have any comment on it? Well, I, I find them fascinating. I, I think that having okay. a chance to discuss it with you sort of gives me a little more insight Good. into what you're, what you're saying and what you're doing. When I was looking at the work, um, I really kind of appreciated the humor that existed in some of these. I oftentimes see work that's, that's sort of similar, but there's sort of sort of an earnestness that often is tied to it and sometimes i look for the humor in it because i think humor in itself gives me a perspective that goes beyond just whatever technical elements went into creating the images does that make sense yeah i mean i i i uh look the two things here that I, i'm proud technical i'm very proud how we came up to this technical and it's one subject altogether to speak about. How we arrive to this, to this technical and how we produce it. It's like we went to so many type of people and changes that maybe after a year and a half in this project, because we changed the look, you know, till we got our look, you know. Once we got the look, we went back and, because we, we kept shooting, you know. But, but putting the look to it took us a while and now whatever you see there, it's, it's the look for now. Oprah can discover more than that, you know. Um, now, emotionally, that's every time you do another shot, you, you, you think you upgrow, you know, and you can tell the story in a bigger light and a better light, and you can go more in depth into the emotionally, you know. But it's very, become more and more emotionally, this work, you know. You, you studied film, and so I'm curious about that merging of that part of your collaboration and your, and your business. You know, motion, as I said before, motion picture, still picture, um, website design, or, or anything, I, I really, really believe that it just falls under the same umbrella. Um, it's all about just having that consistent, um, consistent brand, having that consistent ideology, and, and staying with your vision. Um, whatever opportunity you have and whatever medium they give you to, to make your, your dream come true, you just go ahead and, and go right to sleep and start dreaming because, um, that, that, I mean, that's the bottom line. The bottom line is we honestly, you know, now when 
uh, let's say a commercial client comes to us and says, I want you to do a commercial and I want you to do a print advertisement together. It, 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 we really don't look at it as, as, as something that we kind of divide. It's, it's something that, look, you know, we have, we have our vision and, and we're going to go ahead and establish who our character is, establish who what the world we want to create here and, and rock and roll with it. It's, it's, it's all just one big art form for us. Is, are there other things that you guys are working on? Outside of silent pictures? Right. Mm-hmm. Commercially. Commercially, we work, we do ads, you know, advertising. Yeah, cause, I mean, it's just right now it's all commercials and, and uh, commercial work and, and, and silent pictures. Um, but in, uh, look, it goes like that. The silent pictures sort of influence you, take over your life, but... Uh, we try to push our character to commercialize as well. It's obviously it's influence your work. And uh, side of it, I produced uh, another show, Occup- uh, um, uh, Occupation Dreamer. You know that uh, it was uh, yep. last year. It was showing some in a uh, Grammy Museum. That's but right. That's it was a work- retrospective uh, of your work. Yes, this this thing I have sort of showed that I like to move it too. You know. It's going back to your old work, you know? It was the punk work. You know, that I like very much to exhibit it, you know? But for right now, to be honest with you, that's my, my full... I put it full time on um, a silent picture a lot, you know? And what comes around it. Because it's not, it's not easy to put... I want to go with it somewhere, and it's not so easy the way I thought to go with it, you know, to exhibit it, the gallery... It goes with a lot of story that you, to do fine art is altogether something else. You know, to, to move into this art, you know, world, it's completely different than commercial world. Different people, different asking, different everything. Well, I mean, not to mention, I, th- I think we really want to approach it um, more so than, than just being, a, you know, here's, here's the collection. I, I really want to... Uh, I want people to see it as a culture. I really want people to see it as, as, as beyond just pictures. I want to see it as a movement, something that people can get attached to. I think you know he alluded to how big of an influence Andy Warhol had on this project or on us in general. And I think you know when you look at his body of work, and you don't even look at it as a body of work. You look at his lifestyle. You look at his life. It was something just he created a scene. He created an atmosphere. And I, we're really trying to get back to that. We're trying to not get back. We're trying to move forward to this kind of atmospheric world where, you know, when people come and see the work, it, it, it's, it's more than just looking at a, a piece on the wall. It's something that, you know, is so dimensional that it, you can take it with your life. You can take it. It's a part of your life. It's your own dialogue. It becomes a style. It becomes a lifestyle. So that, to me, is something that's just so paramount in this project. And... I think more so than just you know getting it situated in a gallery, it's getting the it's getting the populace around it, it's getting the vision around it, it's getting the eyes on it, and getting people to start talking, get people to start you know living that kind of brand of lifestyle. I I think what you're saying is is much of the punk movement was really based on what people's experience was of life in the in the late 70s early 80s yes. and they felt that the music represented something that wasn't being captured in the existing media yeah today and tomorrow you know it's it's part of the idea you know we're creating subjects that we like to feel like it's part of today and tomorrow you know it's, it's logos for the soul 
that's the, the title, the logo for the soul. It's just, it's just always, it's, it's always getting to people's, not to people's minds, to people's souls, because it leaves that much of a bigger impression. And, uh, you know, right on with the punk movement, you know, it, it represented something more than just music. And this represents something more than just the visual. What I think is really interesting about that is that you two come from completely different generations, but you're making very similar comments about what it is to be alive today. Yeah, but I appreciate this generation, and that's where it all comes from. You know, I knew, look, I don't go all around like Eddie rolls around at night. So he brings already the night, he brings much more things that I cannot bring, like his rolling, you know, his experience. So that's emerging, you know. I mean, heck, it's just it's just different technology out there right now, but... Uh, generations and generations it's it's the same principle is there you know the same there's a style that is transcendent through all generations and and i think you know what i see today and what he what he saw uh you know a couple of years ago there's that there's a there's a commonality between it so it's just a number can, can i ask you a question out of everything we send you do you have any other thing that you like there in particular any or any of the songs of the, the pieces. Oh, of the pieces? The pieces. The fix it in post I thought was very funny. I liked that particular photograph um, for what it was saying just in terms of obviously in, in photography. I find that um, I like it when photographers use a very limited range of colors and tones in order to make really beautiful photographs. So that one really appealed to me. Yeah, but Eddie, explain how well, we came to this idea. Fix and a post. Um, fix and a post is you know everything always is kind of rooted in Hollywood. A lot of you know the majority of these pieces always come from your experience in Hollywood, and it's funny because fix and a post to us, you know, in the commercial world, like you said, it's you know it's so prominent these days to always try to fix it after the fact. But the beauty of fix and a post, I think, is beyond that. I think it's in people's lives, whether it be plastic surgery, people are not happy with the way they look, they got to go ahead and fix it in post, or, you know, uh, people don't want to go ahead and, and deal with the problem up front, they got to they try to deal with it afterwards, and there's, there's no sense of immediacy, or there's always this kind of things of, oh, I can fix it later, um, and I think it's so funny because, you know, initially we thought it was only, when we first think it was, it was such a commercial idea for us, because it was just so involved in where we are in advertising, but it, it's, it's life in essence, and I think that's so marvelous to us. And then also, I want to just draw your attention to the label, the, 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 you know, you see the bottom of each picture, there's a little definition that kind of accompanies it, and it's in the continuation of the picture. And on that particular piece, um, you'd see that the, the definition is written on a postcard from Hollywood. And, uh, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just the kicker because fix and impose is pretty much Cal or L.A.'s mantra. And you have another one in there. It's part-time American where you have a flag yeah. and then you have a little, I think it's a homeboy little figurine, I think, and yeah. a safety pin. Yeah. Tell me about that one. It's the punk. That, that part-time American's great. To me, uh, I'm so happy you, you, you're bringing attention to that one because... To us, it's, it's everyone in America has got the. We're all part-time Americans. Everyone's got, you know, uh, when you ask someone, oh, what are you? They say, oh, I'm American, but I, I got a Romanian background, or I got background from here, I got background from here, and well, I'm from Israel. And people are American when it's only convenient to be American. So this idea of being a part-time American is, 
is just so true. It's like we have this big uh, American heart, but there's always a little part of us that has that. We're all part-time. We're all part-time in, in essence. That's America. <clears throat> the, um, the experience of being an immigrant and then being a first generation, that always is, can be very uh, loaded uh, I know because my, my, my father was an immigrant and I'm first generation. And our perspectives are, are very different as a result of that. And I've never had an opportunity to collaborate with my father on, on anything such as the work that you're, you're doing. But I'm wondering how that, those different perspectives from Moshe coming from another country and immigrating here and you having been born here, how does that influence your dialogue, particularly with this kind of image here? What kind of perspectives did each of you bring when you were discussing this and creating the image? Well, I mean, from a dialogue standpoint, for me, whenever we uh, write one of our ideas or, you know, one of the lines that accompanies the pictures, it, it, it can't be, you know, you can't write something and say, like, um, it's, it's, it's just too straightforward or there, there's, it's not only just about the message. Working with Mo taught me the idea of also being musical with your with your lyrics. You know, have a message, but be lyrical so that people can use it in their dialogue and that it it has that that catchy ring to it. And you know, for him, a lot of the times, that's what he brings out of me. I mean, that's why I consider every every aspect of it a collaboration because he's as much as a writer as I'm a writer because. He tells me, no, I try it where you go ahead and you give it a little ring to it. You got a little zest to it. So it gives you a little, little something to remember. You know, Dol, I'll tell you more to the detail of this shot. This shot came up. I said, hey, let's do something America, you know. We got, every artist does American flag. I always, it's in my head like that, you know. I wanted to do some that represent America, you know. And that's really the bottom line, the why we done this piece, you know. And the part-time America is the influence of my life, you know, that I'm part, you know. I never, it's always part of is Israeli, you know. And that's really the way, the truth, the way it came. Now the rest, the safety pin and all of it, it's the punk, you know. It's the punk that came in uh, the dialogue of it, you know. Well, it's really exciting to see, it's always exciting to see collaboration because it brings up so many different perspectives and and different nuances to the work so i really have appreciated having the chance to talk to both of you on this but my last question and i'll pose this to each of you is that i usually ask a photographer to recommend or suggest another photographer for our listeners to explore and discover it can be anyone someone that you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered so who would that be for you and why and why don't we start with eddie um, just gonna go ahead and say uh, Radchenko, uh, the, the the Russian photographer, also a painter. Um, a lot of his, you know, the idea of propaganda. Um, a lot of our our work, I think, there's an essence of propaganda in it, and, and seeing his stuff, and you know, it's a constructionism, constructionist. Um. That really, you know, you never forget about the past. You know, a lot of I call my style monochrome classico, and that's something that you know I like to like to 
play on the classics and you know dip from the classics and go ahead and, and step forward from it. So you know I, I see the, the the old propaganda posters and I say you know let's bring in, let's bring some of that essence and bring some of that life back to 2010. Right. And Moshe? Yeah, for, see, at me it's like I like few like few, but I like I would say, go like that. I say maybe Gibbon. He's always all mastered pass, and I like Ouija a lot in the same time, in Bashai, you know. Uh, but I'm I'm big influence not from photographers. I'm more from cartoons. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. That uh, Photography never really influenced me much. I'm like William Stig, you know, you go into those kind of people. You know? So I'm cartoonist all the way. Social criticism, cartoonists. Yeah, social criticism always influenced me. Well, thank you both, gentlemen. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, and, and thank you so much for making time for me. Thank you. Thank you so much, and don't forget, stay away from Passe. Thank you for joining me for another episode, and special thanks to those of you who've made donations to the show. Your contributions are helping to make this show what it is. If you have any comments or suggestions, contact me at thecandidframe at gmail.com or post a message on the blog at thecandidframe.com. I also encourage you to join our community on Flickr, Twitter, and Facebook. Links for each can be found on the blog. Till next time, this is Ibarian X. Pirello, and this is The Candid Frame. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com photocastnetwork.com